Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are going through the New Testament. We are in 1 John chapter 4. Who do men say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples that when he went up to um, Caesarea Philippi. And it's in Caesarea Philippi, which is the headwaters of the Jordan River, and there's all of these places that people used to worship, all of the pantheon of gods, all the idols. And Jesus brings them up to that place and he says, who do men say that I am? And so he's standing there among all of the gods, all of the idols. And uh, they said, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist risen from the dead. Some say that you're Elijah. Some say, you know, that you're a prophet, you're a teacher, you're this, that. And Peter said, you're the son of God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, who Jesus is. And even today, a lot of people have different viewpoints of who Jesus is. They have lots of different Jesuses. There's the uh, social justice Jesus. There's the political Jesus. There's the all kinds of Jesus. Well, Jesus is the one from the beginning, from everlasting to everlasting, God himself become flesh. And lots of people downplay who Jesus is. They make him to be something that he's not. No new thing happened in John's day. Uh, the Gnostics, that's kind of the Greek word for knowledge, Gnostic, right? So um, <clears throat> they had some secret knowledge, and they said that Jesus was was so holy that he would never touch anything unholy. He wouldn't come to earth and touch things on earth. Well, then, who did we see? Well, we saw a, a phantom. We saw a hologram. We saw, you know, some angelic being that's really not flesh. Uh, no, Jesus came in the flesh, and the Gnostics tried to say that he didn't, but Jesus did. And so, with that in mind, let's read this chapter. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets, false teachers, uh, saying untrue things about Jesus, using his name. The name of Jesus is so powerful, people will use it for lots of things. Well, this is how we can recognize the spirit of God. Well, how do we know? We hear all these things. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Jesus came in the flesh, the incarnation. Jesus came and lived in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. What if God was one of us? He was one of us. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus uh, does not acknowledge Jesus, is not from God. So those who say these other things about Jesus, in particular the Gnostics in those days, that he hadn't come in the flesh, that he was just a spirit, he was a hologram, he was a mist. This is the spirit of Antichrist against Jesus, which you have heard is coming and even now is in the world. And so uh, the misrepresentation of Jesus, the false Jesus, the fake Jesus, the imitation Jesus, lots of them, lots of them today, and lots of misunderstandings of who Jesus is. I hear this one a lot. Oh, you know, Jesus was great. He was a, 
he liked to stand up against the authorities and you know, stood up for people and stood up against the authorities. Uh, he didn't come to stand against the authorities. The authorities came against him. And so he's not just the picture of some kind of rebel, some kind of rev revolutionary Jesus. He's God in the flesh. You, dear children, are from God and you've overcome them. And it's hard to overcome because there's a lot of voices, a lot of things sound right and sound persuasive. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So you can sort of just trust the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit tells you about Jesus. And you can overcome all of these other teachings and all of these other representations of Jesus. You just know that you know that you know he's in you. They are from the world and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. Sure, you're just trying to figure things out. You know, Jesus was there. Who was he? What did he do? What, what was he like? Well, God tells us what he's like. We don't need to make it up out of our own heads. We're from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So they're both out there. We need to learn to be discerning. You need to learn about Jesus, and uh, there are people who will use the name of Jesus. There are people who will twist the name of Jesus, but uh, we need to be careful and watch for these things because they exist to this day just in different forms and many, many, many different forms than he did in John's day. Dear friends, let's love one another. Good enough. Let's just go back to that. For love comes from God, and everyone who has been born of God and knows God loves so whoever doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And so again, this is saying a few things. Like we might just be thinking, oh yes, he, you know, he sent his son to us. But he sent him into the world and John is emphasizing that because the Gnostics said, no, Jesus would never touch the world. He wouldn't touch these filthy things, these sinful things. Well, he did. He came into the world and lived among us, though he knew no sin. He who knew no sin, uh, he um, died for us, right? So that in him, him, we might become the righteousness of God. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We weren't the first ones to love. He's the initiator. He loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life. And so he sent his son. We weren't the first ones. We're not the initiators. We weren't out there like looking for God. And I know he said, oh, he's looking for God. God was looking for you. And the reason you were looking for him is because uh, he was looking for you. So, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. God loved us. This is the example. Jesus is the example. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Love one another. No one has ever seen God, the Father. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So, let's be people of love. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He's given us his spirit. You see, again... You can know and you know. You just know that you know that you know, and nobody can convince you any different. He's given us the Spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Sent his Son into the world to be the Savior of the world. 
And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and they in God. So again, this is going back to the Gnostics a little bit. You know, if you read it without a little bit of background, you might read it a different way. And the other different way, that's a great way to interpret it as well. But it's definitely within the context of what was going on in John's day. And so we know and rely on those, on, on the love that God has for us. What are you resting on? I'm just resting on God loves me. I know somebody loves me all the time. No matter what's going on, no matter how depressed I am, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how much I think everybody's turned against me, no matter how it's not working out, God loves me. God is love. Simple as that. Three words. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us, so that we might have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we're like Jesus. So how do you get confidence? How can you be assured of your salvation? By living like Jesus lived, by living the right life, by loving. And this gives us confidence that we know that we belong to God when we're doing what God wants us to do. When you're not doing what God wants you to do, you lose your confidence. Now, that doesn't mean you lose your salvation, but you lose your confidence. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I just don't know. Well, just do the right thing and just love people. There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Well, I'm not going to get punished. So I can learn to love. I can love God. He loves me. He loves me. We love because he first loved us. Again, he's the initiator, not us. All religion is people initiating it. God initiated it. The difference between all religions in the world, because people are incurably religious, is people always trying to get to God Christianity, God came to us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Whoever doesn't love his brother and sister whom they've seen, how can they love God who they haven't seen? And he who has given us his, this commandment, anyone who loves God must love his brother or sister. Amen. Period. At the end of the sentence. Love one another. Hey, let's keep on in First John. Bless you guys.